This week's episode is brought to you by the Film Rescue Show. The Film Rescue Show is a long-form podcast in which their crew and a guest fix a film every week. Want a good first episode? Check out episode 89 with Axel and myself, where he pitched fixes for the League of Extraordinary Drummond. Still waiting on that call, Warner Brothers. For fans of filmmaking, writing, and behind-the-scenes content, check out the Film Rescue Show on all your favorite podcasting sites today. Hello and welcome back to what we are calling Bolters. Why are we calling them Bolters? Because their rapid fire only lasts about 24 to 30 minutes. I'm Lord Commander Orc. And I'm a shield brother, Axel Wright. And we'll see. <laughs> this topic, I know what the topic is ahead of time, so I'm curious. I, mean, I, I can feel talk. like we can get at least 24 minutes out of this one. All right, all right. Well, anyway, Ulrich, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. I'm about to go into a very long week leading into the holidays, which is going to be interesting, but... It's that time of year. Mm, very nice. I am generally miserable, so let's move <laughs> on. So, <laughs> All right, let's talk about things that don't make us miserable. We're going to talk about our patrons. They are Pam Galley, Marquis, Chris Chipman, River Galley, Krug, Arthur Crane, Kevin Vay, Brendan Agnew, John Reynolds, Kit Kenny, Donna Lucy, Nathan Willis, Patrick Anderson, Karsten Emil, and Scott Rubin. Now, if you'd like to join that illustrious legion, just head over to patreon.com forward slash Geeks with Shields. For only 25 cents an episode, you guarantee that we get to keep making these episodes week to week. You know, whatever happened to, uh, I think they'll get on us, but didn't you have a, um, oh, I'm thinking of the Geeks of Grimdark intro. All right, never mind. <laughs> you can you can cut that out if you want. But I was like, what happened to the 40K specific intro? Oh, that's with Geeks of Grimdark. Okay, this is a bolter. It's a little different. So. <laughs> We're getting so many shows that the intros are getting mixed up now. Correct. So anyway, as he said, this is a bolter, which means this is basically a buckler, but for 40K. And so that means we have, or I guess Warhammer in general. I'll get into Age of Sigmar one of these days. So I've got five models from it now. But uh, what are we talking about today, Ulrich? We're going to talk about something that I think is often talked about in the hobby. And that is, does 40K have a lack of object permanent? Now... When I say I, when I said earlier I knew what the topic was, Ulrich had said this to me, and I was like, I know what object permanence is from a psychology standpoint. That's the idea that if you're not looking at something, you can recognize that it still exists. It's something babies don't have uh, until a certain age. So what does that mean in this context? Uh, it means, and I would accuse Games Workshop has become very guilty of this in recent years, of a big event will happen, either in a campaign book or a new codex or something important, and then it's never mentioned again, or the effects of it are never mentioned again. It's just, and back to square one. The uh, best example being, Cadia was destroyed, and the only thing that came of it was the Cicatrix Maledictum, which is big, but still, an entire planet was destroyed, but... You know, first of all, we're going to have to find a different name, because object permanence does not accurately convey what you're trying to convey, but... Yeah, it's I do. like Games Workshop stops looking at, the, okay, the event's behind us, and it's as like it never happened. Okay, all right. I, I will say that it's funny because with the Cadia thing, like, I, I don't know anyone who plays Impgard themselves, but I watch, like, Bricky, and Bricky plays Impgard, and I, I get that Cadia going was a big deal for them. But you know what I thought would made sense? And there still is hope that this is going to happen, but you know what I thought the whole point of that was? Mm. To, well, I shouldn't say the whole point, but one of the ba- major points was to replace Cadian guards with some other that's what we all uh, thought yeah when uh, it happened we're like oh that means they're replacing 
Cadia because the planet's gone. So why yeah. would they still have them as the frontline faction? And I think, I think, based on the lore, based on Games Workshop's recent uh, activities, there is still a not unlikely possibility that Krieg will become the new standard guard. But So do you want the rumor that's going around? What's the rumor going around? The rumor going around is that it will now be split into three. There will be Katachan, there will be Kadia, and there will be Krieg. Okay. And you hmm. can mix and match between those three. I mean, I think that, that you should totally be able to do that in the first place. I, especially because Katachan, don't get me wrong, I love the jungle fighters, but they feel less like a, an army on their own and more like... More like I think of like assassins or inquisitors. Like you should be able to drop just a squad of Catachans and yeah, into well, no, something they're anyway. still going to be they're still going to be treated as their own unique army. But those are going to be the three fronts of the guard moving forward, and you can kit bash those kits together to get some options. Yeah, I'm like, just saying that we've like we talked about that a lot. That you can do a lot with a trench coat and yeah, a head swap. Totally, but I mean I've recently watched uh, Luton. Luton is a uh, the lore master for 40k, and he just recently put out some video on on Krieg. I don't remember exactly what the detail was but he i didn't know that krieg has way more uh soldier output than like any other regiment or yep what we, because uh they put out like 20 times what other planets do and well, they have cloning facilities like yeah that's throwing their babies that is the rumor that apparently in the lore that has not been confirmed but a lot of people suspect that they're cloning people so anyways we're getting off topic so real quick i will run down big events well hold on hold on real quick my my point of bringing that up was that that gives there is precedent and that's why i think kree should be the new standard but anyway okay sorry continue (laughs) so you've got the fall of cadia you have the destruction of biltan you have the yanari which i'm just going to list them as an entire thing that happened two editions ago and nothing has come of that uh okay you have the tyranid invasion of terius octarius is an ongoing one we'll see if that comes i was gonna say i only brought it up because i know they're currently doing stuff with octarius which is really cool but anyway uh you have the Tyranid invasion of the ball system and the blood angels which ended in a you know climactic last stand i didn't ball get destroyed (laughs) it did and it didn't. They were, you know, wiped out, but then Cabanda came and saved them, and then Gilliman showed up with Primaris. But they're now, you know, there's a Tyranid High Fleet in their system. You have Armageddon having Angron summoned to the planet and, you know, converting half the planet to a demon world. You have Fenris having, you know, Zinch pull shenanigans and, can, you know, corrupting it horribly. What else has happened in the most recent you have all those plots that were set up in the psychic awakening that never really went anywhere or meant anything you have all these big events and then i will compare it to the other setting which is age of sigmar i have been told that age of sigmar is very much active narrative shifting so each event leads to the next 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 they're all interlinked it has real tangible feeling either new armies come up or new heroes are created or people drop away and it has a sense of, okay, this is all interconnected. When someone dies, it actually matters. Whereas in 40K, oh no, a planet was lost and it will never be mentioned again. And I want to talk about what kind of inspired this was at time of recording. They're talking about, oh no, there is a gene stealer cult infestation on Terra. On Terra, and it's yeah. like, 
yeah, you guys mentioned that all the way back at the end of seventh, beginning of eight, and you kind of forgot about it till right now when it's time to release a new codex, and you want me to believe that this is going to result in anything. And I came my new favorite phrase of 40k. The setting's made up, and the uh, story doesn't matter. All right, so I'll play devil's advocate a little bit here. What would you say is the last time then that an event did really like shake up things because i have been returning that was the last big because it was a return of a primarch it changed how the imperium you would i'm guessing you would count primaris so so you'd count the entire indominus crusade as part of that i'm assuming yeah and even then they kind of they had to go back and redo the indominus crusade which is a fun yeah, but I'm just saying the introduction of Primaris and Gilliman and, and stuff like that. That makes... was kind of a narrative thread of, like, okay, Gilliman's back, and he restructured the Imperium, and he's going to go on Crusade, and he created a new, you know, unveiled a new class of Space Marine, and that led to all these new chapters being founded, and then they skipped ahead 100 years and said, the Indominus Crusade's over, and then they went, oh shit, no it's not, go back in time, forget all that, the Indominus Crusade's ongoing. I thought, according to the lore I read, the Indominus Crusade lasted 12 years and is theoretically over. That was what they did. But now they've decided to scratch that because they wanted to tell stories in it, so they went back and reduxed it, and now it's ongoing. I mean, the only the only big event in the Indominus Crusade I'm really aware of is the Plague Wars. So Yeah, the Plague Wars are ongoing. They've got an ongoing book series now, which is their 40Ks. They build it as 40Ks version of the Horus Heresy, which is, hey, what kind of interesting stuff happened in all those years of the Indominus Crusade? I mean, that's a cool idea, at least. I I like that. gets my interest, so. Yeah, I haven't read the books. I've got a couple. I mean, I'm glad they reversed course because, hey, there was a galaxy-wide campaign, and it's over, and no, we're not going to tell stories about it? Like, what the hell were you thinking? Well, plus, I know I know it might be reductive of the colossal scope of 40K, but the idea of Gilliman meeting Mortarian on on a planet and dealing with that is like, I want to read that story. <laughs> so, anyway. Yep. Godblight. I need to get that one. Yeah, I haven't read it yet. But I mean, I've owned Brutal Cunning for a while, and I haven't read it yet. So it's just I've got time to read. I've actually been working on models and uh, gotten quite a bit built. I just built my first Paragon of Warsuit last night. But anyway. Talk about that. How long has Gazgul been spinning his wheels as the great orc threat? Uh, well, that depends on what you mean by that. So most of Gazgul's history, including the Wars for Armageddon, go back a lot of editions. Like, Armageddon, s- what I'm saying in... No, but he leaves Armageddon, like post Armageddon. Yeah, and then well, th- this is what I'm trying to get to. So he, like, I don't know, what is it, third or fourth edition or something like that? The Armageddon story happened, and then Gazgul basically sat in narrative limbo up until uh, Prophecy of the Wolf, which is a, I guess, is a ninth edition. You no, know, it's an eighth edition story. Sorry, it's an eighth edition story where we find out where he's been, what he's doing. And uh, we get his update to a new model because he got beheaded by a by Ragnar Blackmane. But that also has Ragnar Blackmane becoming a Primaris and stuff like that. And now if they rematch, he would fuck him up. Sorry. Anyway. <laughs> um, so now Gazkul is – I mean – sorry, I'm just trying to think about how to phrase this, right? Because, like, he had his big mark on the Octarius War, which is having a huge impact on what's going on. Because the Octarius War was going to end until he showed up and, and helped out. Like, if, if Gaskell didn't show up and basically bolster the orcs, then at least the way the stories are written, the Tyranids would have overrun 
uh, Octarius and that war be over. We wouldn't have the entire event going on right now with the Octarius war zone. So, I mean, it's not the same thing as like Yeoman coming back, but I do think that there is, uh, they left him in limbo for like five editions, but he's doing stuff now. And part of that was on Games Workshop never moving the plot. That's why there was 13 Black Crusades. Yeah. And they're really good about, right now we are sitting with so much stuff set up, but it's still to me, I have, I won't, I used to buy all the campaign books because I'm like, I want to know what's happening. I want to know what's going on the plot. But the Psychic Awakening burned me out. Like, no, because this is all like next time on Warhammer 40K into the next one like listen you were setting up stories you're never going to pay off and part of the argument is and this is one that kind of gets under my skin is like well if they destroy a you know planet or do something you know 40k they, they just can't do it it's not big enough whereas you know age of sigmar the planet the planes of existence just so huge like warhammer is a motherfucking galaxy i know how big galaxies are you can totally have stuff happening well, plus, we know the Imperium itself has a million planets, and that is not all the planets in the galaxy because the other Xenos have planets and stuff, too. So there's plenty of opportunity. I think more what you're talking about – because, yeah, that argument's stupid. I will agree with you. that, that are, That's dumb because a galaxy is huge. Like, don't really understand the concept of how big a galaxy is. Uh, destroying a planet, I think, is – less important than i think having momentum with characters like yes. i think we t- we talked about this about a bit with sotek but like people might make the argument like oh i don't want them to kill this character because then i can't play them on the table bullshit yes you can <laughs> yes so example here let me give you a character i love but i wouldn't mind if they if they did something with i love uh more the Abyss Sanctorum of the Sisters of Battle. Now, they shouldn't kill her because she's only she's come out this new. last year. Yeah. <laughs> but but let's let's say theoretically, like five years down the road, she gets she gets murked. It doesn't mean I can't play her. Plus, I'm gonna build my model with a helmet anyway, and I can just you just run her as the Abyss Sanctorum and then make my own story for it. I've got a buddy who plays Admech and he painted his call model purple and calls it Nero, and he runs it with call stats but we have a different story when we play. It's fine. <laughs> a character yeah. can die and you can still play them on the table. <laughs> I don't think anyone honestly believes that. Yeah. So I, I just, that's one I've heard a couple times. And so I want to get that out of the way. I think so, it's just an old excuse to, you know, no, no, we can't move the story. We can't have anything actually. Pay off. And as we said, Which, really the, the, the faction that has the most characters are space Marines. They have the most named characters by far. Like even Oh, some, they need it, to do a huge culling. There are just yeah. too damn many. So there are there's tons of opportunity there. Like, yeah, we don't have to get rid of like Kalgar or something, because he's such a big guy, but you know, how many other named ultramarines could you have a story of them like heroically sacrificing themselves to do something or just even getting killed in a, in a last like charge? The Blood Angels and the Space Wolves are in the double digits character wise. Sure. I mean, I'm an orc player, Let so I, I would rest. I would love to have a rematch story with Gaskell versus Ragnar where he fucking murders Ragnar. <laughs> so because I'm sorry, like Ragnar may become a primaris, but Gaskell's grew to 20 feet tall. So, you know, <laughs> But that's what I mean. And that's, I mean, it really, as at that point, we're kind of like, I don't feel like engaging with the narrative because I'm at the point, I feel like it doesn't matter. I I will admit that I love the stories. I, I do. But I, I also have no inclination to go buy the campaign books. My buddy Denim, 
who uh, he collects Gene Steeler Colts, Tyranids, and Imp Guard because since he's plays Gene Steeler Colts, they're all one army to him. Uh, he's been collecting the campaign books, and so I was just, like sitting at at his house, and I was reading uh, Octarius Warzone, and there's a lot of interesting stuff in there, but not anything I felt like I needed. I feel like if exactly. a big event, if I feel like if a big event happens, then I'll just I'll be made aware of it some other way. I don't feel like I the desire to buy the campaign books, which is not a good thing because all right, let's let's put aside the current uncomfortableness with Games Workshop as a company right now. Let's just put that to the side. I want the hobby to continue, and for the hobby to continue, money should go into the hobby. We could argue about the the benefits of capitalism and stuff another time, but the point is that I want to support the hobby. So when you're releasing products that I should want and don't, something is wrong, yeah. right? You get what I mean? Yeah. And this kind of reminds me of, of the conversation with Sotek about the end times. And when it first came out, those first books sold way more than Games Workshop anticipated because people were like, oh, my God, something's happening. I want to know. This is exciting. Yeah. So I I would say that... And 40k I mean, does we, we again we talked this with Sotek. 40k does have a problem with this. I feel like they are glacially moving in the right direction, but they still need to have the balls to just. I know I'm harping on this, but it would be the perfect way to show that they mean business. Have the balls to just kill off a bunch of named Space Marines in in stories. Just do it. Yes, because a lot of those need new models, and this kind of goes back to another argument I hear when people talk about, well, you can't answer any of the questions because then people won't be able to speculate on those. No, that's, that's dumb. You can, I mean, okay. There are cases where sometimes yes. an answer to a question is less fun than your speculation of the question. I get that. But again, 40 K is a huge galaxy. Here's another thing too. Yes. You should have some stories on Terra because you have custodies players and you want to throw them a bone. But generally speaking, the galaxy is so huge. Fucking. You could do so many. You could do years and years of planet and character killing and still have almost infinite material. There's really no you excuse. You can set up a whole segment of campaigns going back and forth and circling back. Just because you answered one question, that means you could ask new questions. We've yeah. had the same fucking questions for like ten years now, and we've all made our theories, and that's fun. But you know what else is fun? New theories. Now, I will say, I do think there are some, keyword, some characters and plot points that should remain largely untouched. Like, yes. like I gave the example before of, like, yeah, you can kill some, like, Ultramarine characters, but you shouldn't kill Kalgar or Guillemin. Like, they're kind of I pictures can, at this point. So, yeah, like, some of the things... Kalgar's been around since the beginning, so you can't kill him. Yeah, or like if I'm I'm an orcs player, right? And I think Gazkul should generally be left alone when it comes to that. Like keep making him a bigger and badder yeah. orc threat. But orcs have a bunch of other characters too. I Captain Badruck, kill him. Uh, Captain Zagstruck, kill him. I don't care. So uh, again, for the sisters, because they are still just human, don't touch Morven Vol for a while. But you could eventually kill her and replace her with a new Abbas Sanctorum, and I wouldn't. Even though I love Vol, she's such a cool character narratively, I wouldn't be like, you can't kill my se- Abyss. No, it's, it's stupid to be like that, you know? <laughs> yeah, and I mean, as someone that was there when we first got Fall of Cadia and the excitement for what is this leading to? Like, 
Okay, another another narrative thing that they probably shouldn't touch, even though a lot of people might want it, would be the Emperor himself. Like, the Emperor is such a vague figure wrapped in such mystique, and the fact that he's, you know, a corpse on the – he's a symbol, right? And, like, there are people who have made I- concepts of, oh, what if the Emperor came back? Yeah, don't actually do that. Let us keep yeah. thinking about that, but don't do that. That's that's one thing that, that like, one's fine. Happen. But one of the other things that kind of gets attention, there are two demon Primarchs in the universe right now. And the setting doesn't feel any different narratively than it did before. Which is especially unfortunate because Angron doesn't have a model. So Again, if you believe rumors and you listen to us, yeah, give I, us workshop I, spy, we know you're out there. I still think Emperor's children deserve it first, but anyway. Uh, hey, what they deserve versus what we're going to get. That's fair. That's totally but, okay, fair. let's say we kick up to three demon Primarchs and the Imperium is still standing. Well, also, again, we've talked about this before, a thing – okay, here's an example of they have set up the to-be-continued and they need to pull the trigger on it. Lionel Johnson. We have yes. got We've got a Primarch that we know for a fact – is alive and just in stasis and they're just waiting to All let him the out threads that they have built up around that one is blue balling help luther has escaped the fallen are amassing are you gonna do anything with that anytime soon yeah no like you like you said we've got two demon primarchs we've got one loyalist one but we've got another loyalist one that we know for a fact is ready to fucking hit the scene just pull the trigger on it so. let's go back and we'll talk about warzone fenris in which magnus came and started royally fucking up fenris and then the wolfen came back and they're like oh shit this is the wolf time the fated return of lehman russ let's look to the warp firm are you going to show up yeah, but at least with that one, it's still like it's a hopeful thing. The reason why the Lionel Johnson one is so frustrating is because I know I harp on this, but we know where he is. It's not like Lehman where we're like, oh, maybe he's going to come out of the warp. We know where lion the lion is. <laughs> so. Yes, and that's the part that I think really getting under my skin is they go, oh, well, whole planets and systems are being destroyed just off screen. Like, listen, I, I can tell those stories myself. Those are the ones I can write when I'm playing with my friends. You know what else I want, though? To read about actual events happening. So it feels like there's a reason to buy the new books. Yeah. So that's I I admit I'm not a writer. And so I want to I want to be very clear that we're we're basically just fans that are bitching right now. And writing is a really hard job. But if you like there's so much so much. There's so much opportunity here. If I could look across and see, yes. I mean, if I could, if I didn't have to look across and see what Age of Sigmar is doing with their stories, where literally this person dies and it triggers the resurrection of this character, which leads to this war, which leads to this army, which leads to this event. Like, you know how to do it. You're literally doing it over here in your fantasy setting. Again, I feel like they're starting to touch it. We just need to, like, the return. touching it for, like, the last five years. Okay, but like even this last year we had the return of the Silent King, and that's like a big deal. I have, the repercussions of it are still not really defined. See, but. that's where I'm having the issue. They're bringing characters, but I don't. They're not doing anything with them. It's not the same as and then this happened. It's like the Silent King returned, and okay, I'm just going to stand around over there for five minutes. But let me let me point out what I'm what I'm trying to say. What do you think, as an example? And I'm putting you on the spot. I know again, neither one of us are writers, but was the kind of thing that could have happened with Return of the Silent King that would fall into the category that you were discussing? Like, what could they have done? You get a... I don't have a galaxy map in front of me, 
but you pick a sect of Necron worlds, or you pick an important world and have the Necrons leading a massive invasion that leads to a massive pushback, that is a, listen, if the Necrons win here, which they should, we're going to lose important named planet A and important characters A, B, and C. And then you can go, oh, wow, that was a big event. The Imperium lost this planet. They lost these characters. That was a big deal. I wonder what well, I comes do, next. I do know that one of the criticisms about Cadia was that Cadia had a shitload of named characters running around and, like, none of them died. So yeah, literally. No, one Space Wolf character died. Like, here's another example of a character I love, but I'd be fine with them killing. Inquisitor Greyfax. She was on Cadia. She's awesome. You can kill her, though. It's okay. <laughs> No, because, see, Greyfax is a great example of character they introduced and then never did anything with. Well, that's kind of what I'm saying, is that, like, she's such she's very cool in concept, but, you know, at this point, what's the most you're doing with her? Playing up her and Celestine's thing? Like, okay, it's fun for fans, but, you know, it's not a big deal. Yeah. No, I mean, the fact that the end of the fall of Cadia ended with a famous Cadian character being taken by Trazine the Infinite to be put in suspended animation. Also the Cadian again. leader, right? Yeah. It's like, really? Your, your, your one named guy that did the last stand didn't even die during the fall of his planet. Yeah. So that's, I feel like, I don't even know what I feel. I feel like it's one of those things where they, they set up so many, I can see the advantage. They've set up so many avenues that they then leave it to, to people, but because of the nature of the setting, they should recognize that they can do hard, this happens stories, and it won't actually really interfere with how people engage with the, the hobby. In fact, Age of Sigmar shows general people appreciate it, even if the story – like, again, I don't know the quality of the Age of Sigmar stories. I just know that people are just happy that they are even doing stuff like that. So it's like – you know what I mean? It's like, just just make the attempt. Even if it comes out bad, at least you're doing something. Yeah. Then again, you could argue the narrative is stagnant like the Imperium. <laughs> anyway. But it's not just the Imperium that makes up this universe. You have the Tyranids, which are constantly evolving and changing. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was happy to get to the idea of Octarius Warzone, so I thought that was really neat. And I like the idea of, like, I was reading the story about the, the Inquisitor, this is old Inquisitor dude, I forgot his name, who basically creates the um, the perimeter around the Octarius Zone. And, like, it was all a really good story, and it was a character I didn't know, but, so I don't know, I had to read the rest of the campaign book really to see. But, oh, wait, here's, here's the thing. Did you know that in the Psychic Awakening, there is something that happens that was, like, entire setting breaking and shaking and they haven't readdressed it yet and what no. i mean and what i mean is the necrons establish null psychic zones like oh enti- yeah the entire zones where psychics the psychic stuff cannot happen they have the tech to cut off the warp cut off demons cut off psychers yeah but sisters of battle and their miracles work perfectly fine in the null zones they are not affected at all by the nullification, which I know that like Luton in one of his videos talks about how this was mind breaking to him because it's like he always assumed that sisters miracles were a manifestation of the warp through faith. But this basically is like, no, the whatever is going on with the sisters is not based in the warp. It's based in something else, which is funny because we have precedent for that the orc psychics are not based on the warp they're based on the wa which is a tangential force so this basically means that the sisters are tapping into something 
a lot of the community seems to think it's like we're calling it the faith field, which might be generated by the emperor himself. But the point is, it's just a small line in like one paragraph of like a description of a battle. But it's created so much like, what does that mean? What could that mean? <laughs> yeah, and they've been laying breadcrumbs like that throughout. And honestly, I'd like to be excited about it. But given the state of 40K currently, I feel like now that 40K is not, Warhammer's not looking at it, they're never going to mention it again. Yeah. It's yeah. one of those things like, isn't this cool? I'm like, yeah, it is. And like, ooh, shiny. Like, no, no, don't stop looking at, oh, damn it. It's off chasing butterflies. <laughs> they do go in a lot of different directions. I mean, I do, I will admit, I like that in the last year, because I, I got really into this hobby in, uh, beginning of 2020 so i've been in this hobby for nearly two years at this point and the last year i feel like i've seen all the jokes about like games workshop not giving a a shit about not space marines and not imperium and i've seen a games workshop that at least doesn't seem to be true to that they've spent a lot of time dedicated to xenos and and chaos stuff which is neat there's other things with the company that we already put aside that are uncomfortable right now but as for like what they're supporting and what kind of stories they're going with, I think I'd be curious to see what their writer's bullpen looks like. You know, like what's the edict going on? They've there? got some great people working there and maybe we'll do our own episode. We'll put our money where our mouth is and we'll try and pitch some ideas in a future bolter. Like, hey, here's a couple ideas that we think have potential to blow into big events. Because what they're doing that kind of irritates me is. They do these big events around no-name planets with no-name characters and expect it to have the same stakes as something that matters. Well, that's that's my – so what's the current state of Ball, then? They're having an ongoing fight with the Tyranids, same as they were before. It's just an ongoing fight on Ball? Okay. On Ball and the Outer Planets, which is right. exactly where they were before the Tyranids showed up and killed them to the last. Okay, all right. And that's even without going into the Primaris reset button, which I do not like. <laughs> Sorry, I was just I was just trying to think about like because my immediate thought was going to like take one of the main Space Marine chapters, take their planet, and lose that, and you could have a uh, a legion that's like you know like the Crimson Fists or something. It's basically a shattered legion. You still can play it on the board, but in the lore, their their planet would yeah. be gone and their we leaders would be gone. We need a and... campaign set in the Dark Imperium where they really are scrapping it. Yeah, because. I just finished reading the Emperor's Spears and like tell stories there where there are shattered legions, like they're shattered legions holding on by shoestrings with nothing. I would. Yeah, if I'm pitching and I, don't, I haven't had any time to think about that, I would probably choose. I, I need to get more research into what I think the most bloated part of the of the like lore from a stagnation standpoint is. And yeah. I'd want to and I'd want to shake that up. So like you mentioned, you mentioned Space Wolves and Blood Angels. They already like fucked up the Blood Angels, but they didn't, I'm guessing, kill a bunch of characters. Nope, so, nobody died. They just yeah. got more powerful. And we already had an event with Magnus on Fenris, so I wouldn't want to repeat themselves too soon. So I don't know, maybe have uh okay, you know what'd be you know what'd be really insane, but would be kind of fun to do? Take um what is the what is the Imperial Fist ship called? The Phalanx. Phalanx, thank you. I'd set something there, and I would have it be like, by the end of it, that thing becomes a Space Hulk in the world. Oh, they already did that. They did that already? They had it get taken over by a demonic virus. It destroyed half of itself, and now it's just chilling out in Terra's orbit, repairing. 
Okay, but I would have it be lost entirely. And like it's now that might be too big one to do, but they play it, they've come close. Like they're like, Oh my god, we're going to lose it. And they went, Oh no, it's it's well, see, that's I, my point, is that that was just the first thing that came to my mind, and you said it's basically they've kind of almost done that, so it's like, you know, writing's hard. <laughs> yeah, no, I think we'll, we'll have to do an episode, you guys can let us know, that's basically like, hey, here's a couple quick pitches for big events that could be fun. My big pitch, have a failed crusade. Send it. Cha- a Space Marine chapter to go punch the nids in the face and get absolutely decimated. Here's, you know what, I got a new pitch. Have the Yanari do something their, no com, straight up complete their plan have their god awaken not yeah. be not be exactly the powerhouse they think it is it's going to insta kill slanesh but actually become a new like power on their uh their level of slanesh and like think of the stuff you could do with that like if that god actually awakens and is a real thing and what it would do to the eldar and what it would do to uh Sladesh and emperor's children get involved and a whole lot of it just by making this one plan that you've already set in motion come to fruition you could do a shitload of stuff yeah no there you go there's one see you thought we couldn't get 25 minutes out of this fair enough <laughs> okay right. let us know what you thought let us know if you agree with us that games workshop has a terrible case of if they're not looking at it they forget about it and if you have any ideas for what kind of events with permanence and effect that you would like to see tell us i'd be curious what other people's ideas are so. or maybe just payoffs to events that they've established let's or let that yeah. clean up a little bit and then we'll do new stories but just tell us which ones you want to see most or the ones that are on your mind like in, in my case i'd want to see mostly emperor's children and stuff i don't even play them i just think they deserve more anyway i'm ranting so <laughs> <laughs> continue anyways Thank you for listening. Be sure to like, share, subscribe, do all the things because that is how this additional podcast got made. That's how it will continue to be made is people sharing it and showing interest in it. And whatever platform you're listening to us on, whether it be SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Podcast, Spotify, or iHeartRadio, my mouth can function just fine. Anyway, whichever one, thank you. And if there's another platform you'd like us to be on, Tell us what it is. We haven't added a new platform in quite a long time, but no one's been clamoring for a new one. So I'll keep saying it, but you know, just let us know. As always, this has been Lord Commander Ulrich. And his shield brother, Axel Wright. Be sure to tune in next time. And remember, there's no good reason not to make female space marines.